0: one and all, and welcome to the latest episode of Elwood City Limits. Whether you're listening on our Patreon or whether you are listening on the free feed, welcome. And I hope that you're enjoying uh, this early summer weather. I know one person who is, and that's Lucas Mancini. Now, this month, June of 2023, it's gonna look a little bit different uh, because Lucas is on vacation, a well-earned vacation at that, and I certainly hope that he's having a great time. He will be back soon. But for now, I applaud him for taking some time out and to enjoy another part of the world. So in the meantime, had to think of a little bit of a different way to imagine this month. And this is where it all starts. So this episode, of course, is going to be with a special guest. By now, you'll have figured out, because you will have looked at the title, that my special guest is Anna Mansager. It has been a long time since Anna has been on Elwood City Limits and... She has a lot to say. She's coming into the new Arthur, such as it is, almost completely blind. So uh, we had a lot to talk about and just kind of had a nice catch-up session. So I hope that you enjoy the episode that is to come. So I also wanted to alert you to the fact that we have an update post available on the Patreon, and it's free for everybody to read. You don't have to be a patron to read it, and it gives you an idea of the schedule at a glance for this June. But if you have not read that and you're just tuning in now, I will give you the quick rundown. So June 16th is the first time that you could be hearing this episode if you are a patron. If not, you are hearing it on the week of June 23rd, On the free feed and on June 23rd for all you patrons there will be no new patreon content this week unfortunately couldn't really think of anything to fit in within that time and to be honest with you I wanted to take a week off as well and I hope that that's okay as always you are free to edit modify or delete your patreon money as you see fit and I mean, I know it's a week off, but if that's not if if that's below what you were expecting from this, I completely understand. And hey, I also want to put this out there: if you are on the Patreon and you do have to leave for some reason, remember to fill out the exit survey if you could. That actually helps us to improve. Uh, and sometimes it's it's just hey, don't have the money this this month, and that's totally cool. If you do have a specific constructive criticism that you would like. You can always leave it in the exit survey. You can send us a message on Patreon or you can email us whatever you would like. And it helps us to understand how we can better serve you in the future. So once again, June 23rd, that's when this episode that you're hearing now is coming out on the free feed. And there's no new Patreon content this week. The week of June 30th, Lucas is coming back and we are going to be recording The latest episode of For the Kids, a PBS Kids podcast. We're talking about Jakers, The Adventures of Piggly Winks. But that does mean that because the Patreon had a break week, that the free feed would have one, right? Wrong on June 30th on the free feed, we are going to be unlocking a piece of Patreon content. We've done this in the past with a couple of episodes of For the Kids, and this time I figured let's let you in on one of the episodes of our newest show, ECL Origins. And after discussing it with Lucas, June 30th, y'all on the free feed are gonna have a listen to truly one of the most chaotic episodes that we have recorded of any podcast. I'm, I'm doubtless to say. And it's something that if, no matter how you have listened to this show, you have heard us talk about in the past and we're finally doing it, we finally did it, and you're getting to hear it too, ECL Origins' Yvonne of the Yukon. If you've never heard of Yvonne of the Yukon, perfect. This is a great way to step into it, and uh, yeah, if you step in something else, we're sorry about that. By the week of July 7th, we will be back on the same Patreon free feed schedule that we have been for the past little while, so patrons will be getting the new episode of ECL after this one, and the free feed will be getting the preview of the latest episode of For the Kids. So again, uh, apologies if this disrupts your schedule in any meaningful way, I certainly hope not, but uh, you know, I don't like to leave too many weeks without content, but if I'm being honest, I'm glad that Lucas is able to take a, to take an extended vacation and I would just like to take a week for myself if that's alright with you. And then we will be back into it by summer and we'll be having some fun with Elwood City Limits and our Patreon content as well. There's also plenty, plenty of Patreon content uh, that is still to be discovered. I'm sure that there are many of you who have been uh, following it since the beginning, but let me tell you, hundreds of hours of extra podcasts, videos, interviews, and more. Patreon.com slash ElwoodCityLimits and you could be getting this very podcast early or probably the next podcast early. Even I get kind of mixed up by the timing sometimes. But you could also be like patrons, such as our first patron, Leanne S. Perhaps you could be uh, a great person who supports us monetarily, such as Ross Ward or Christine Wong. You could be like William Moore or Yoshi. You could be like Sidney Long or Emmy the Ghost. You could be like Anthony Williams, Lauren Rodriguez, or Derek Richopo. You could be like Jenny Cardenas or Alonso Espinoza. You could be like Ben Spatal, Quantum Wave, or Horace May. Just one of the many lovely people over on our Patreon. But of course, we want to be sure to serve both the free feed and our patrons as well. We love you no matter how you are listening to this episode of Elwood City Limits. And we really appreciate you. And speaking of appreciation, I would be remiss if I didn't mention this is the time to nominate us for the Best of Halifax Awards. Now, if you're not sure what that is, in episode 200 we re-explained the concept, but essentially you would be nominating us for a local award in our home of Halifax, Nova Scotia, that we really hope to win one day. And it feels like we get a little bit closer every year, but we can't uh, get those votes if we're not nominated. So if you haven't yet, go to vote.thecoast.ca. You will have to create or sign into an account, and then please nominate us as Best podcast in the Arts category, and that's Elwood City Limits. Please be sure to uh, spell our name correctly. I don't want to, you know, get a nice award or plaque or something and have there be two L's in Elwood City. So again, vote.thecoast.ca. Thank you to everybody who has nominated us so far. Really appreciate you taking the time to do that. And then later in the summer, hopefully, if we are nominated, there will be time for actual voting. And we will let you know all about that. And finally, I will say limits at gmail.com. Please feel free to send in your emails. I'm going to put those on pause for a little bit. I think... Uh, We all appreciate a little bit more when me and Lucas are the ones to respond to the emails. We have one waiting in the wings right now, and by July, we will probably be answering a couple of more. So thank you to everybody who is sending us feedback and correspondence over there. Love reading from you guys, so thank you. All right, that's it for the preamble. Let's get into today's episode of Elwood City Limits with my guest, Animan Sager. Well, Lucas is away in the beautiful land of Italia. And I always love to not just bring a guest onto a show, but I love repeat guests. I love the people that we're able to check in with from time and again. And I should do this right now. The last time that you would have heard from this guest is definitely a matter of years ago. But in terms of what year, I'm going go to th- I'm going to go through my uh my flash drive here uh my uh, portable hard drive I should say with all of the ECL presents episodes on them and i bet that has an original date the name of the episode let me see it was definitely ah here it is ECL presents Arthur's new friend Andy and the date on this if i go to properties is let me see. Does, should it should have the date, shouldn't it? October twenty seventeen. So, some six years later, nearly as old as the podcast itself, we welcome back Anna Mansager. Hey, Anna, how's it going?
1: Good, Will. Uh, I hate to correct you, but I believe I was on Arthur's Eyes, the Reading Rainbow one.
0: Oh, was okay. Maybe it was. Maybe I've had you on multiple times. Okay, so let me All right, let me All right. There's been a lot of guests that we haven't uh maybe that was Susan Velasquez who did that one with me. Let me just go back here one more time. So it was okay, the Reading Rainbow episode. Man, I haven't thought of that one in a long time. E.C.L presents Reading Rainbow. And we're going to go into the properties again, details. The date on that one is still 2017. It was the next month. Okay, so I'm... Ah, yes, I'm technically correct. The best kind of correct. But you're right, Anna. Uh, You were... You have been a guest on this show before, but it hasn't been for quite a while. In fact, the last time, and we were talking about this off the air, you had just made a big move across America, and now you're properly situated where you are. So for those who... May not have listened to that episode in a, in a while and, you know, for from, from my benefit as well, because it has been quite a few years since we've uh, uh, spoken to each other in a podcast since. Um, do you mind just catching everybody up with who you are and also your history with Arthur?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, it's been a long time. I've been busy. There's been a lot of things going on. We had a pandemic. <laughs> um, but yeah, so let's see. Last time I was on, I had just moved to Los Angeles to pursue my Hollywood dream of being an animation writer. Still working on that, but I've made a lot more progress since then. Um, I did write a web uh, a web series for Nickelodeon, which... Um, oh. Unfortunately, as uh, many creatives might know, it did not end up being picked up. But I still got the experience and the money, <laughs> uh, which is <laughs> the most important part. Absolutely. Um, so there's that. I've also been doing a lot of stand-up comedy around LA.
0: Well, and, 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 if, and if I may, you, you were telling me that you uh, recently went to the... The WGA picket line now. And you also said you're not part of the WGA. You're part of the animation guild.
1: Yes. So people might not know if they're not like in the industry, I guess. I hate to sound like a slime <laughs> ball a uh, Hollywood person <laughs> is like, you're not in the industry. Um, That's totally
0: okay. Like, Lucas and I, every once in a while, throw out these wild opinions, and we just have to be like, listen, we are not in the industry. We kind of don't know what we're talking about, so I'm kind of like, we actually have somebody who's in the industry right now, so you're you're something of the authority on in some regards here, so... Please, feel free to flex that.
1: So the WGA doesn't really, in, in general, um, the WGA doesn't really recognize animation writers under their guild. The animation writers have their own guild, and it's called the Animation Guild.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, sometimes if you're really lucky and you're working in animation, you'll get a WGA show like The Simpsons is famously one. Um, okay. or Bob's breakers a lot of times it's mostly adult animated shows that get to be WGA and get to have those benefits um, tag is a lot smaller um it has a lot less protections but it has you know it has something um, which is better than nothing I guess <laughs> um, <laughs> but so yeah um, we're not in the WGA unless we were on a WGA show like The Simpsons but we still stand with the WGA, especially because the way the strike is going now, um, they're asking for a lot of things that animation writers would also like to have, so if it can set a precedent, then um, it'll give us something to bounce off of later.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Um, and of course, as as we've said before, and I, I'm i sure you agree, we stand in solidarity with what is right now the ongoing strike, hopefully, by the time that the free feed is hearing this, maybe the writers will have come out ahead for that one. But until then, definitely stand in solidarity, myself, Lucas, and, and you, Anna. Um, if you don't mind me asking, uh, and I'm sure a lot of our, our fans who listen who are fans of animation might be curious, if you're able to, um, are you are you able to say anything about the pitch that you worked on for Nickelodeon, the show you were working on?
1: Yeah, for sure. It's, um, it's been a while now, so I don't know. Hopefully it's, it's outside of its statute of limitations or whatever. Um, but it was a web series. It was live action. Um, it was going to be a cooking show that a girl was filming basically from her school, and she had like her own YouTube channel, so it was like the Nickelodeon's YouTube channel was going to kind of be like her YouTube channel. And um, it was a comedy. It was, like, very iCarly-ish with, like, all those shenanigans about her um, and her cooking show. And then there was, like, a little bit of a mystery going on with somebody who kept, like, stealing all of her stuff and, like, messing up her recipes in the school. And she didn't know why.
0: Now, is that something that you have a lot of history with, like, an iCarly type of show? Was that something that you kind of grew up on or or watched at a younger age? Yeah, I
1: mean, I was always mostly... Like, I was an animation kid, but uh, McGuire, Um, mm. I was, I'm a little too old for iCarly. <laughs> um, but I liked Lizzie McGuire, even Stevens. I really liked those. Ones.
0: This, I, I, I'm a little out of my depths with this one, so you'd have to tell me. Oh, did you not have
1: those in Canada?
0: <laughs> well, we did, but it we came with a cable package that, like, I didn't always have. That was, uh, so, our equivalent was the Family Channel that got all the Disney shows, but didn't always have those and By the time that they were airing, I was a little bit older, so I wasn't super duper interested in them. I knew they existed, but that was about it
1: oh okay well, I mean they were you know they were comedies they were basically sitcoms aimed at children mm-hmm.
0: and and as we get into this episode of Arthur, what was your history with Arthur growing up and what or and and I guess also with where are you at with Arthur? These days, if anywhere.
1: So Arthur... When did Arthur start airing? Like, 1990...
0: 1996.
1: Okay, so I would have been seven. So I was the exact Mm. right age for Arthur. And I was immediately hooked um, as soon as I saw it. I grew up on PBS. I didn't grow up with a cable package either. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So PBS was definitely my jam. And I loved Arthur so much. I remember so many times trying to delay... My mom uh, getting me to like get ready for school or bed or whatever because I just wanted to see Arthur and I didn't want her to interrupt while I was watching it. Um, I had like a lot of Arthur merchandise. I had the puzzles and um, I remember w- this still bothers me. It's so dumb, but like I, I was like probably eight or nine and I was like bragging to my grandma about how I knew all the names of the Arthur characters on my puzzle and i got to fern and i was just like dog face i don't know (laughs) <laughs>
0: oh you 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 blanked uh oh. and and and, I, and so and so did and so i bet your grandmother was always like well there's arthur and his friend dog face
1: yeah like obviously she doesn't know so <laughs> it was funny also when i visited her i went to visit her for her, her 80th birthday last year and i walked huh. in to the living room and she was watching arthur <laughs> and really I was li- yeah just like a rerun and i was like Grandma, what are you doing <laughs>
0: <laughs> she's trying to find Dogface, I guess.
1: I guess. Well, she was, it was a binky episode, so I guess she was watching Dogface.
0: <laughs> so she but she's got good taste. That that we know. Okay, I'm gonna i I'm gonna save this question for when we get into the episode proper. This is something that again, having on repeat guests that have been earlier in the podcast life cycle uh allows us for an interesting opportunity. So today, Anna, we are looking at we're in the middle of season 17 And we're starting off with Speak Up Francine, which I'll just quickly note is also an episode of the Arthur podcast that recently came out. That's the official Arthur podcast put on by PBS Kids. It's it's basically at this point, it's Arthur, old Arthur episodes in podcast audio drama form. So, Speak Up Francine was one of those. It comes up, actually, if you Google Speak Up Francine, the, the podcast episode comes up before anything else. The cold, open, the cold open here is that Arthur is trying to talk up Francine. He's on the stage. He's trying to talk her up as this great leader and somebody who can really, you know, engage an audience and stir them into action. And he introduces her on stage to give a speech. But Francine literally runs off stage and is desperate to not say anything. She has to be dragged back on. By Buster and Muffy, and then she just faints dead away. So this, well, the last time that we would have spoken, I mean, with the Arthur and Reading Rainbow episode, that's wasn't even really animation. It was just looking at the oldest, the oldest form of Arthur on the books. But before that, we definitely would have been in the classic domain of. Um, you know traditional traditional animation, and we had this whole, we had this whole. Uh, Lucas and I had this whole entire process of getting used to the way that Arthur looks now, because where we were at the season before, it started to use a more flash-based animation style that's uh, animation tweening. And I don't want to speak as though you probably know more about this than me, but I wanted to ask you compared with the Arthur that you and I would have watched when we were kids because we're quite similar in age, what do you make of this of this newer animation style when you sat down to watch this episode?
1: It's definitely different. Um, I haven't seen a lot of the Flash Arthur episodes, but hmm. I've seen a couple of them. And, um, you know, the character models are all the same, which is nice, but they definitely, like, they don't have quite as much range of emotion. And... Um, Their bodies are, like, flash, these flash, like, puppets. Um, Mm -hmm. So when they, like, when, specifically when Francine, like, runs off stage, the way her body moves, like, I felt was kind of weird. Like, when they're running or walking in particular, seems, like, a little strange to me. If they're just sitting still, it's, like, less, um, like, awkward. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But I, and it's definitely, like, a lot brighter, too, It kind of reminds me of The Simpsons almost, like, you know, the newer Mm. ones, you can tell they have this kind of more like shininess to them because they're digital, all digital now instead of cell animation. Um, And you can definitely tell a difference, like if you just turn one on, um, you can kind of pinpoint like what year it was made. And that's kind of how I felt about this animation style too.
0: Yes, and this and you know Lucas and I have been forward and back through it, but a lot of what you're saying is stuff that we noticed right off the bat as well. And it took us a while to settle into the new groove versus some of our listeners who are used to this because they either would have started watching this or they just didn't mind the changeover as as much as we did. And you know, as soon, once this became the Arthur norm, I was not even near watching Arthur anymore because this. This episode would have aired in the early 2010s, so I would have just been, you know, university college aged, and not really thinking about Arthur very much. But yeah, the I, I've I noted I think it was in the last episode where Arthur's run cycle looked really funny, and I am noticing that they have a lot more. There's funnier expressions that they can do. In fact, like there's a bunch of screen caps I got from the 200th episode that were really funny, like, isolated. But it almost feels like the Flash animation doesn't flow into those expressions in the same way that the traditional hand-drawn animation did. And I won't ascribe positive or negative to that. I just, as you said, it's very it's very different.
1: Yeah, they don't have the crazy, like, smearing anymore.
0: That's right. I always think of, um, in the episode where <laughs> T.W. and Arthur go to... Grandma Thora's on the rainy day there's this really funny like in between drawing of DW and Arthur looking like making these weird faces <laughs> and yeah that's that's a charm and and like you said with the Simpsons that's there's like whole twitter accounts that are like the in between frames of the Simpsons when like like marge's neck is whipping around like crazy and it's like that's the only type of thing you could get to get the really bouncy and expressive animation and it's just it's it's just different but you the, but you and I I think are more used to that visually, if if i if I might say.
1: Yeah. I miss those in-betweens, I won't lie. Like, um, <laughs> not just in Arthur, but in a lot of animation now because they are so silly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this episode has to do with um the gang discovers, the Arthur gang, they discover a bunch of dead fish by the creek, which was a really arresting visual to start an that Arthur was
1: episode on. Disgusting. I was like <laughs> Ew! What is happening? What is this episode about? <laughs>
0: like, right,
1: because I could not believe. I, I was like, "Can you just imagine like how much, bad that would smell too?" For like how long they might have been dead. It's just like mm-hmm. ugh, disgusting.
0: It's and and they're not like comically dead. You know, they they don't have like X's for eyes or something. It's just like no, those are dead fish. As realistic as Arthur can portray them, yeah, the bunch of dead fish that have piled up in the creek and. They actually figured this out pretty quick. They CSI this together. Um, Francine's talking to her dad, Oliver Frensky, who the the perennially underused Oliver Frensky, who was an MVP in the early seasons, but is very much a backbencher these days. And he seems to... He offers the hypothesis that it's caused by these additives to people's lawns that when the lawns are watered, go into the drain, and then the drain goes into eventually the creek and can be very toxic to animals. So Francine and the kids take up this cause and they put together this commercial which I almost thought this was going to be the episode itself but
1: I did too I thought it was gonna be about like the environment but um it wasn't
0: <laughs> no it's it's really a jumping off point in a funny way and they create this commercial against the use of lawn additives where Buster is like dressed up in this suit and tie and fake mustache and he's putting um oh I got this sc- I got the screen cap for it.
1: Um, it says like nasty chemicals or something. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. What is what is it? I saw that and I knew I knew I had to get it for later. Unnatural growth junk. Oh, Just yeah. this big Unnatural sack with that junk. <laughs> with that written on it, and pours it on the lawn. And then Arthur, who's playing like another grown man, is like, "Well, mine needs to be even even bigger than his," and puts more additive in there and it's to demonstrate how it goes into the into the drain. They put this video that they make up on YouhooTube which has appeared before. This is the f- oh, not the first appearance of the has. knockoff YouTube.
1: Oh okay. I am I'm, I'm a little behind so I haven't I haven't seen the appearance of YouhooTube.
0: <laughs> it is it is fairly new, I'll give you that. It's it's and that was the other thing is that as we've gone on you can see where the Arthur technology is modernizing like in a recent episode they had they still had a home phone which was a little odd but it had an answering machine that was built into the phone like it wasn't a tape answering machine and so it's like okay well when we started this off it was surely a tape that you would have had to rewind and you can think back to like and of course they didn't have cell phones they didn't have smartphones they didn't have such and such so you can see the show continue to modernize itself until pretty much nearly the present day.
1: One thing I really loved about this video that they made, I really like it when characters in a inside of a TV show are like obviously reading scripts that they wrote and like <laughs> they don't really know how to act. So like Buster's like, "I want my lawn to be as green you can see it from space." <laughs> <laughs>
0: my my favorite one of those whenever i think of something like that there's the end of a, of a venture brothers episode where they're clearly reading off of a Uh, Cue card that's off camera, and there's like the most stilted delivery. And I I know exactly what you mean. It's so funny. Yeah, it makes Um, me
1: laugh so much, especially when it's Arthur and Buster because they seem to like genuinely enjoy doing
0: that. (laughs) Francine is the spokesperson for this commercial, and it does get some traction on YouTube to the point where there are some people from a local society in Elwood City who want Francine to speak about it in like a public presentation. And Francine was okay being the spokesperson on camera. But then when it comes to speaking in public, she is really, really nervous about it. We see her giving a presentation at school uh, after she has been invited to make this uh, presentation. And it's classically, like a classic bad. We, You and I have not only probably seen these, but probably given these before in school. She's giving a, a presentation about Luxembourg. She's tripping over her index cards. She makes a real, she makes a, um, a joke that she thinks will go over, but you need to know more about Luxembourg, where she says we're not as small as Liechtenstein. Well, that'd be funny if you knew that uh, Liechtenstein is smaller than Luxembourg. Like, it's just a really sweaty joke. It's, uh, I mean, you've you've probably also seen this sort of thing in your in your standup career too.
1: For sure, yeah. Well, she tried, you know. At least she put some effort in there to write a joke. I feel like lately. Or not lately, just always. <laughs> um, if I go to open mics or try to test out some new material, there's always someone who has decided that they're funny enough to do stand-up, but they haven't actually prepared anything. Um, so they'll just go up and like start saying stuff, but like you like they didn't write any jokes. So we're all just like staring at them. like what when's the joke coming? <laughs> So at least Francine tried. She wrote a joke. It wasn't a good joke, but she she did her best.
0: Yeah, she was well prepared. She knew about her subject. She's just kind of doesn't have the confidence. In fact, she runs away and kind of botches the rest of her presentation. Muffy tries to cheer her up. A couple of really great Muffy lines in very quick succession here. So she says, you know, cheer up. It was just a silly report on an unremarkable nation.
1: Take that, that, Luxembourg. I wrote that down. I was like, do people in Luxembourg watch Arthur? (laughs) Because maybe they'll be, like, upset.
0: (laughs) One of the smaller nations that I guess you can feel good about, like, clowning on a little and you won't get, like, an entire, like, part part of the globe, like, upset at you. In this like one-off Arthur episode,
1: the Prince Muffy... of Luxembourg came to my college one time. Really? Yeah, because you know how sometimes cities have like sister cities somewhere else. Yeah, uh, my college town has one in Luxembourg. Luxembourg. Hmm.
0: No kidding. What was what was the president? Did you did you go to this talk with him?
1: Yeah, he just like came to. I don't know. Actually, I don't know what he was doing, <laughs> but. He, like, <laughs> Came to visit the school, and we went to see him.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, pr- hey, you've got more ties to Luxembourg than I do, so I was like, oh, I didn't know that Luxembourg's bigger than Liechtenstein. In fact, I might have confused the two uh, on any other occasion, so interesting. I, I don't know. I'm certain that we have a sister city here in the east coast of Canada, but... It's not coming to me off the top of my head, and I don't want to do the Lucas and research it right off the top of my head, but I will look it up now that you mention it. Muffy wants to help to instill confidence in Francine, and and one of her big points is, this time, relax and be yourself, but better.
1: <laughs> yeah, great advice, Muffy. <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of strange to me, though, because I feel like in the past, Francine has never had any like public speaking problems. She's always been kind of like a loud person- um, mm. who, like, doesn't mind being in front of a crowd. But I was kind of thinking maybe, like, Muffy kind of psyched her out because, like, when yeah. she was going to do her report, she was like, oh, I want to give her a proper introduction, and she's going to say this in front of thousands of people. And I, mm-hmm. I think that kind of, like, freaked Francine out a little bit.
0: <laughs> totally. And it's also that she's ne- she's not short on confidence when she's, you know, just – talking mess to anybody but this is like an official thing and and I think it took her to realize like oh this is actually going to be like a big thing that I'm doing and you're right muffy did kind of psych her out um then we get ladonna so are you do you are you familiar with ladonna at all
1: so i have seen the episode where she arrives before okay. um she's from louisiana right yes yes yeah. okay and i've seen maybe like i've seen her appear one or two more times but i haven't seen her Um, have such a big role as she does in this episode.
0: Yeah, there's not really, so you know you pretty much know the basics, like you're good to go. There's not, I can't think of anything else off the top of my head that you would have to know to understand her appearance here, but she is part of the regular crew now and LaDonna uh, convinces Muffy to give her the job of being Francine's speaking coach. Muffy uh, pushes back against this. She says, I think I know a little more about winning people over than you. My dad sells cars.
1: Okay, so what Ladonna does here like blew my mind. <laughs> I was like, I must try this trick that she's done where she's just like makes muffy feel feel so important that she basically just tricks her into getting what Ladonna wants,
0: yeah, it's kind of like a it's kind of like a confidence trick almost uh she's she sells her on the importance of a pen that she's giving her, and it it's almost it has almost this hypnotic effect of Muffy realizing like how important it is for her to give this job over to LaDonna. It's a bit hard to describe, but, uh, you, do you think, do you think maybe this could be, you you could apply this to real life in some way?
1: I'm going to, I'm going to try it. (laughs) This is the, you are, this is the prize I've been saving for the most important. You don't understand. I haven't given it to anyone. This is for Mm. you.
0: Well, let me know if that works. It's you know I I was I was a little skeptical, but to be honest, I don't think I have the confidence to pull it off. If you if if you if it works for you, I would love to he- I would love to hear about it. Ladonna trains Francine, and they do a bunch of like basically drills in and uh, the typical stuff for presentations, so memorizing the speech so that you know it off by heart, vocal exercises. Uh, they do a thing where Francine is projecting to like a football field, so speaking to the back row. Francine still very nervous about presenting in front of a crowd. So ultimately, she asks LaDonna to do it. In fact, we get, she gets so nervous on the date of this presentation. It's going to be in a park to not just her friends, but to... or Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. final test that LaDonna has for her is to do her speech in front of her friends. And it's at this moment we go into Francine's head. And this is an imagination sequence. Where Francine imagines her brain as like... A Star Trek Enterprise type of machine where she is in an engine a Star Trek engineers outfit so the yellow outfit you're you know she's like your Jordy LaForge type character and but I guess she's also the captain so it's not a one-to-one thing maybe she's just Kirk Kirk kind of wore a mustardy olive uh, thingamajig on the original series And she's essentially the captain, and we get a cameo from Buster, who is doing a Scotty impression, because he's the engineer, and, you know, giving her all she's got, Captain, and that sort of thing. This this side swiped me a little. I didn't see a Star Trek reference coming out of nowhere.
1: Oh, I totally missed that it was a Star Trek reference, actually. I was just like, oh, that's cute. Like, you're seeing, like, the inside of her brain, like, an inside out or something. I. I missed the Star Trek reference there. Um That's but, all that's all good. It's also, it's like everything yeah. like before this, everything Ladonna is teaching for is fairly accurate for what I do to prepare for a stand up comedy show. Um okay. so I do like I said before, a lot of times people will come up and not have anything prepared. Um, it's important to actually write jokes if you want to do comedy. <laughs> so I will, before a show, I'll just walk around my apartment like in circles seeing my set over and over and over and over and over. Um, so I have it all memorized because sometimes, yeah, you do get nervous and you forget everything. But if you've mm. like memorized it, it just feels like muscle memory is so much easier And, you know, projecting and um, making sure you know it so you don't have to, like, keep looking down at your note cards. Uh, LaDonna, um, she mentioned that she had public speaking at her last school. I guess they really, like, knew what they were talking about.
0: Yeah, totally. And, eh, man, I wish that I, I always know in my head that memorizing something is going to to help, but... I have the type of ADHD that makes it really, really difficult to want to do that. So uh, much respect for you uh, memorizing memorizing your sets. That's one of the many reasons why I probably wouldn't be an effective stand-up comedian. So yeah, yeah this is a Star Trek reference here. Scotty is one of the... Uh, you know, big Star Trek signifiers, but there wasn't, there wasn't like a Spock, there wasn't a full crew. So I can see how, if you're not as up on, on Star Trek or if you, or yeah, or whatever, then it might've, it might not have hit in the same way. I just thought it was kind of cute. Yeah. Uh, Francine gives the speech over to LaDonna, asks her to do it. And during the presentation, LaDonna's notes, note cards completely blow away. So she has to tag in Francine who knows the speech by heart and when you know she nails it, she even gets in like a joke there. And uh, I, 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 this is probably one that she wrote down, as 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 you've said before. The, uh, you know, I'm about as good at, I don't forget. Uh, see, see, I should have, I should have memorized this. This is why I have my notes in front of me, but I should have written this down. I'm about as good at something as I am at uh, giving speeches. And starts it off with a laugh, and that gives her the confidence to go on. Totally nails the speech. And the end of this episode is Muffy uploads the speech to Yuho tube and sees sees stars in Francine's speaker potential. And uh but Francine is completely is adamant she doesn't want to present anymore. So she got the confidence, she got through it, but she still isn't this isn't something that she's comfortable completely comfortable doing.
1: Muffy's thinking about those appearance fees.
0: <laughs> she wants her to be like the kid Tony Robbins or something.
1: Yeah, she wants her to do like graduation speeches <laughs> be the keynote speaker for when kids graduate high school or college.
0: I wonder how I wonder how much those speakers like if you hire them. I wonder what that pays.
1: It depends on who it is, but I have heard um, some of them get like up to like if it's like a former president they get like up to mm-hmm. a million dollars. If it's, yeah. like, someone like Amy Poehler or something, they can get, like, $200,000. Like, it's pretty lucrative, so... Wow. Muffy's okay. smart to, to try and push for Francine into that and, you know, get a percentage or something.
0: As we've learned, she is very wise when it comes to investments, for the most part.
1: Yeah, but this episode, like, tricked me a little bit because I thought... I'm 33 years old and it still got me. I thought that, um... <laughs> Ladonna was actually going to do the speech and then francine would like regret not doing it or something but it was like oh no she she actually is going to do it because like i was about to be mad that like she she went through all that work (laughs) and then didn't do it
0: well let me tell you anna you are never too old to be fooled by arthur it happens to me and lucas way more than you would than you would expect and now a word from us kids from Francine giving a speech we go to Miss Thompson's 3rd grade class they're doing oral presentations and they give tips on <laughs> they give tips on how to manage anxiety i'm laughing because in the previous episode the word from us kids segment also had to do with like giving advice and i just think the idea of like 7 and 8 year olds giving life advice very funny like a lot of times it is just so they're, they're into groups. They're doing these oral presentations and they're asked, like, their tips for how to make a good presentation. The tips from the kids are very direct and straightforward. There was one that's like... Um, I'll try my best. And if I make a mistake, I'll forget about it. And I'm like, Oh kid in 10 years, it is not going to be that easy. I guarantee it.
1: I don't know. There, There's some, some <laughs> presentations I did in third grade that I still like lay awake thinking about at night. <laughs> that's,
0: that's true. Me too. It, it, but it's, it's, it's said with just the lack of guile that only kids can have. Of just like, just do it good. And if you don't, don't worry about it. And I'm like, you don't understand I'm going to worry about it no matter what. Even if I did it right, I'm gonna worry about it.
1: That kid doesn't have anxiety issues, I guess.
0: <laughs> no, in fact that was in fact that was the very last the, the last episode that we did episode 200 was like there were a bunch of kids who were talking about um, bad habits that they have and a bunch of them were just like anxiety responses and I'm like, ah, you have anxiety and you have anxiety and you have anxiety. Uh, so that's gonna be fun for them in a little while.
1: Yeah, well, they're probably all, like, in college now.
0: Yes, and this, this is the other thing I wanted to bring up, because the this segment itself is not super notable, but I wanted to ask you, because we've been keeping up with Word From Us kids, have you noticed, like, did you notice in this one, when we were younger, the teachers seemed like teachers. Now I look at the teachers and I'm like, you're my age.
1: Yeah, <laughs> or sometimes you're like, that is a child. That That is somebody yes. just out of college yeah i think about that all the time because my when uh, i have a really young mom and so she uh, mentioned to me once like she knew she was getting older when the teachers finally started being younger than her oh <laughs> um but yeah that teacher she was a, she she was she seemed young like she had a young face um but yeah i think about that a lot like i had this very like hippie-ish preschool teacher and he seems so like old to me now i think about it i was like he was probably like 22
0: <laughs> exactly exactly just re-reassessing and being like you know that guy was probably like living by himself in his apartment or like r- or like freshly married or something no kids yeah just reassessing everybody's lives as you have come to understand it so that's that's our little the, the, as I like to say these days, the gift of getting older is, uh, this is one of the, and, and use as many quotations around that as you want to.
1: Yeah. I also noticed in the classroom, like, I don't think it was supposed to get into the shot actually, but there was like a, one of those, you know, like paper things, those big paper things where teachers write with markers on. Um, yeah. and mm-hmm. it said it had like the schedule for the day. And the first thing was like film for Arthur. And I was like, those children are not going to be able to pay attention for the rest of the entire day.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Good eye. I totally missed that. Hi, everybody. It's Lucas, your favorite co-host from Elwood City Limits um i want to remind you folks that if you like listening to the podcast first and foremost the best way to spread the love is to tell a friend who is interested in arthur or podcasts or animation or hearing about nova scotia for some reason but there's some other things you could do as well for instance you can follow us on social media Twitter is at ECL Podcast. The Instagram is at Elwood City Limits. My pet project, the Twitch channel, which we do live streams on sometimes, twitch.tv slash Elwood City Limits pod. And we also have a Facebook and Tumblr as well. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube.com slash Elwood City Limits. That's where Will has been diligently uploading all of the episodes if they're not on your podcast listening service of choice if they aren't on one of those services let us know you can reach out to us on social media or via email at elwoodcitylimits at gmail.com finally the patreon is where you can find all of our paywall content patreon.com slash limits. This gives you access to the Discord, where we have a bustling community, as well as some exclusive videos, audio bonuses, such as commentary for the various Arthur movies and more, as well as some of our additional podcasts for the kids, is where me and Will uh, cover all the PBS shows that aren't Arthur, as well as ECL Origins, where we really talk about any show from our childhood that we want, Uh, And most importantly, you get early access to every episode of ECL. You get to flex on your friends that you're getting it a week early. You can join for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash Elwood City Limits. And now, back to the show. And now, back to the The second part of our episode
0: is called Waiting for Snow. Uh, This, and... Again, if you didn't know who LaDonna is by the end of this, you probably have a much better idea. She starts off this cold open, this cold open, by by saying and trying to explain what happens after a blizzard, even though she's never really seen one. So her expectations are sky high. She's talking about, you know, there's so much snow that you don't just make like a, a like a, a, a snowman. It's like got to be the biggest snowman that's ever lived. And Arthur keeps coming in to give her live notes and just be like, it's actually not like that. I do appreciate, if you listen closely, some of Arthur's whispering isn't just the, he's, he's he, especially with the ones in the middle, you can hear him just be like, yeah, it's actually not that
1: bad. That's uh, funny. I was trying to like really hear if he afterwards. was actually saying anything, but I was having a hard time hearing it.
0: <laughs> I think the last, I think the last one, he didn't. And the Arthur Wiki kind of intimated that, like, at some point, he seems to explain, like, the plot of the episode, the blizzard of, like, no, the blizzard, it, blizzards are LaDonna not it's uh, the be, most like, fun the you've ever tomorrow. had. Even though Ladonna is super psyched.
1: She thinks that, like, the Statue of Liberty <laughs> is going to be covered. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're totally right. Um, where you in are Angeles, in the States, so do you get much no. snow anymore?
1: Uh,. But I actually I grew up in Connecticut and um, I lived in Louisiana for a little while in middle school and I met a lot of kids like LaDonna who were like oh uh, you have snow like what is snow like because they get maybe like the bears dusting and that's like all they get um, in Louisiana. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, she would not have seen a blizzard. And those kids were just like her. Basically, they were like, what do you do? How is it? Like, do you get to miss school and all that sort of stuff? So they were so fascinated by snow, too. So for me, coming from the East Coast, I'm like, no, I hate snow and I don't want it near me at all. Uh, <laughs> well, okay. No, I you, be- don't. you beat me to it. I was going to ask <laughs> if you miss at it at all. all. It was one of it was one of the deciding factors of me moving to Los Angeles. We had um a blizzard in Connecticut and I was shoveling my grandma's walkway and it had been like the third big snowstorm in like two months and my grandma has this giant driveway and I was just like I like threw the shovel. I was just like I can't do it, I can't do it anymore. Um I'm moving, I'm moving to California. <laughs>
0: I'm tired Exa- of this, that's Grandma. Exactly that's too happened. damn bad.
1: <laughs> I'm tired of this. I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised I didn't, like, have a heart attack or something shoveling all that heavy snow.
0: Because <laughs> hmm, snow shoveling is, like, not good for you at all. It's one of the forms of physical, rec- of, like, physical exercise oh, that, like, actually is bad that. for you, <laughs> and you shouldn't do it. Uh, well, I'm glad... Uh, yeah, no, actually. This like my wife says this because she also we where we live in Canada, we get a lot of snow uh from, you know, December to March essentially. It's lots and lots of snow. She hates it. She absolutely hates it. Wishes we could move somewhere warmer, but she has told me before like we thankfully we live in an apartment so we don't have to do a lot of shoveling, but she's like do not shovel like as little as possible. It's really bad for your heart and really bad for your muscles. Like it's just there's nothing good about it. So Take, hey so uh hey hey kids uh tell that to your parents next time they make you make you shovel although you should probably be shoveling because yeah, your bones you get out are younger, their kids so you, you can it. you can take it um yeah. <laughs> that's i mean that's arthur and buster did it they made they made a snow shoveling business Don't and you can start do that too your capitalism paid very true Wa- yeah watch that episode first and then make your business plan So there's apparently this huge incoming blizzard that LaDonna's very excited for. Now, this is just this episode. This is not a LaDonna thing, thankfully. But whenever she gets excited about the blizzard, she goes, and it's apparently like near supersonic, like it can be heard (laughs) from houses away. Arthur and Buster hear it before they see her. It's almost like a dog whistle at some points. But it's, you know, she's never seen snow before. Unfortunately... The blizzard misses Elwood City. It doesn't leave all that much snow. Just just a little bit. She's very disappointed that she didn't get the real snow because she's looking to go like skiing. See, she is right she's to be to do disappointed the whole though because yards, that is the
1: worst. Like even if you don't like snow that much, you can at least like you know, hopefully you don't have anywhere to go so you can stay home, snuggle, or uh, you know, get some nice movies on. But if it's just like Just a little bit. It's like, well, what's the point of that? Like, you, you, it's still gonna like be a nuisance, but you can't even have fun with it.
0: Right. And I'm like, it's been a long time since a snow day has applied to me because I've been working from home for the past several years. And when everybody gets a snow day, I'm just like, I still have to do the same thing. So that is that is one that is one singular thing about working from an office that can be good. Although, whenever I have worked from an office or offsite, there were still no such I'm thing as snow days. I've been wondering so about that lately really because, because
1: of, you know, like Zoom school with COVID, like, do they even have snow days anymore?
0: That would be a good question for our listeners who are teachers. Like I know that they, as, yeah, especially after COVID, they've done a lot of like distance learning stuff. I'm not sure. In fact, I should ask, I should ask my sister who has a, uh, kid well, I'm glad I graduated before uh, Zoom became huh. a
1: thing because if I swear to God, if I if if we had a blizzard and they were like, OK, time to go to school on the computer, I would be very unhappy.
0: <laughs> yes, I completely agree with you. That's one thing about our childhoods that I can say was most likely better. But uh, lots of things were not. D.W. is. This the B plot of this episode is DW teaching Ladonna's brother Bud how to make a good snowball. Okay, first first thing, did you know Bud, about yeah. Bud? He's, along with he's Ladonna. Very cute. All right. Okay. Interesting. Really? Because I like his design. I don't like I Bud he's, very much. I mean, he's a little cutie um. Cutie. I. I Okay. Well that, that that you know what that's good. I, I I'm happy to let some bud positivity in. It's we're a bit of a I wouldn't say we're entirely bud negative, but we're mm, kind of a weird name mm, for a four year old. He's, not my, He's yeah. not my favorite character. Anyways. It could be short, maybe but- <laughs> what is that short for? Budly? Budward? Um <laughs> Um so DW teaching Bud how to make a good snowball. I was never very good at making snowballs. Like I just Didn't make them enough, and I just never learned the right kind of snow. That's thats
1: really the problem. Like you have to make sure it's wet snow because if you get Mm. the kind of like dry powdery snow, you are not gonna get a good snowball.
0: True that. True that. And it's—it seems that with these little patches they have, or, or sort of like Bud's technique leaves a little bit to be desired. But DW also advises him to not not to save his snowball. So we're, you know, 1996 to 2013, I think this is. The DW has never gotten over her trauma over the Snowball. In fact, still blaming Arthur. But Bud says to that, who would do that? He just (laughs) completely dismisses it it out of hand, at least at first. She's
1: going to be like 25 and, like, you know, she's going to (laughs) get some drinks with her friends and be like, my brother stole my Snowball.
0: It's it. it uh, oh, what are people. I, I didn't see Spider-Verse yet, but people are saying like that's her canon yes, event oh, that's funny. Uh, you should see it, that made her great. the way she is. I, I absolutely plan to. It was just a freak accident that we weren't able to see it opening weekend. I will. I swear I'm not I'm not deliberately not seeing it. That's the one movie I will go to theaters to see. So the A plot of this is Arthur and Buster are trying to make a snowy day for LaDonna and they use various methods involving their friends. The first one is with Brain. He wants to create. He does actually create a rocket to make snow. It's this little like model rocket that will go up into the clouds. It'll explode and it will disperse the molecules in such a way that it will encourage snow to happen. And it actually works. Like I thought this was going to be like a a harebrained scheme that would t- totally fail because we've seen Brain create things before and they don't exactly work. This. Absolutely worked. The problem is, is that he needs more funding for a sustained yeah. blizzard. Did he needs to ever, make like seven hundred um, more rockets. Did you
1: ever watch Jimmy Neutron growing up?
0: <laughs> yes, I'm not. I didn't kind of like it, but I did watch it. Jimmy
1: like blocks out the sun because he wants it to be snow time all the time. And I was just like, it's kind of good that Brain doesn't have enough rockets for this because I feel like Brain, being who he is, like is right on the cusp of like evil genius, um, blocking out the sun. <laughs> so maybe it's good mm-hmm. that didn't work. I mean, it did work, but he didn't have enough.
0: It did work on a very small scale, but yeah, a lot, a lot of, a lot of Brain's uh, ideas are. Better left to not go further with and hopefully moves on because as you said could be a real problem. Then Muffy offers to buy a snow machine, but it would be it was over seven hundred dollars. Arthur and Buster just don't have that scratch. <laughs> um
1: because I would think a snow machine would be like two thousand dollars.
0: Snow machine snow machine rental. Sorry, now I am doing the Lucas thing. I'm Googling it right here. $90. Snow machine that rental cannot $90. $90. Wow. <laughs> <machine>. <laughs> I, it's pretty
1: small.
0: It's actually pretty small.
1: I yeah. had a similar situation $50. to <laughs> like, trying to okay. figure out how to make snow because I, um, I, I went to film school, and for our final, we were filming something that was supposed to be set in winter. And we were just like, well, we're in New Hampshire. a bunch about just
0: snow on us. <laughs> oh, well. At least, hey, hey, good try. And at least you know for the future whenever you need to know how to deal with a snow machine. I, I wouldn't know the first thing. Now, what really shocked me here was Muffy offers them a bit to eat. And Buster saves in his shrimp for later. He puts the shrimp in his pocket and saves it for later
1: yeah I guess Buster I, immediately still hasn't I was cringing gotten, at this um like remember there was that one episode where he was like afraid of germs or something because he was like too sloppy i I guess he hasn't really quite learned his lesson yet,
0: yeah no, no, not a lot with Buster, not a lot of those lessons tend to eventually his way and goes back
1: pocket shrimp,
0: uh yeah. Ugh. and i i did have a note here uh about this next sequence where arthur and buster use soap suds to simulate snow for Ladonna. unfortunately it doesn't have the same properties so you can't exactly throw them it's very slippery it's just not the same it's not the same thing uh as Ladonna says was, snow does not smell lemony fresh if
1: they, they, if they were filming something it might look like snow
0: And they got the idea. I loved the verbiage here. They got the idea from what they call the direct-to-video hit movie, Bionic oh, yeah. Bunny versus the Snowmen from Mars. It was a hit, but it was direct the direct-to-video <laughs> to video hit movie. Well, maybe it's maybe it's like a the Return of Jafar situation where it moved a lot the of the kids units enjoy. Or so
1: maybe that was just like you know a sleeper hit or something.
0: could be um what what really disgusted me here so you mentioned buster offers her pocket shrimp and this is after they've been like tumbling around in the soap so it's like not just and we see him eat it on camera that that surprised me and it's like that's gotta taste like soap and just like like i like shrimp but not pocket shrimp
1: who knows what how long that had been in there either
0: or or has been anywhere nearby soap or a cleaning solution. Just oh god, pocket okay.
1: The <laughs> well, pocket shrimp, uh, like if he's gonna use it as like a weapon or something, might work. <laughs> like mm. on King of the Hill, Dale has like pocket sand.
0: <laughs> that would yeah that that would confuse and disgust anybody in your uh, in your immediate vicinity. Against T.W.'s wishes though, back in the B plot, Bud creates Bali his own snowball who he saves in the freezer. And DW again it like really doesn't think this is going to end well. And we see this montage as Bud first he tries to leave it in the freezer but well I say for some reason but like actually the the conclusions that Bud jumps to here are pretty consistent with like a 4-year-old. So he puts the snowball in the freezer just by itself and then has to take everything out of the freezer to make room for it for some reason. So all the freezer stuff is in the fridge now. And then he decides the best way to keep it is to wrap it in duct tape and put it in his desk. And, of course, the next time he sees it, it has completely melted.
1: That's like some kind of dumb plan I probably would have come up with as a four-year-old. But... I was kind of confused by this, like because at first he was like very nonchalant about DW's uh, trauma about the snowball, and then and then he wants to keep the snowball. I feel like I missed something where all of a sudden he wants to have it now.
0: I think that it's to me what I took from it is that there is a universal childhood allure to keeping a snowball as a pet, or maybe just keeping an inanimate object as a pet. It's like as much as uh As much as Bud was like, "That's silly, then ev- but eventually he made his own snowball. He made his first snowball, and he decided to keep it. It's like it was too precious. so he kind of shot his mouth off before he even realized the kind of hold that a snowball has over a four year old although I never saved any of my snowballs. I couldn't make any.
1: I tried to save a snowball in the freezer because of arthur
0: <laughs> uh, how, did, how, did how did it go?
1: My grandma said no.
0: Ah, oh well. She, she, well, she was probably trying to save you heartache like, like DW was trying to do here. Because as we get into the closing of this episode, a real snowfall hits Elwood City, much to LaDonna's delight. And she is doing all the skiing. She's sledding. Meanwhile, Bud is very despondent. DW encourages him to heal from his loss through a snowball fight. Like She, she uses that type of language of like, why don't you try throwing the snowball at me to help you heal? And... She also has a funny line where she says, I was really sorry to hear that Bali puddled, bud.
1: (laughs) Oh, is that what she said? I couldn't understand what she was saying. I thought she said Bali like, I don't, I don't even know what she said.
0: Well, it's, it's like a bunch of proper nouns and like weird nonsense words next to each other. Bali puddled bud and it's like there's a comma in there, and yeah, it's but I, but I did catch it the first time, and I just thought puddled was a funny way to to, to to describe that, and we end off the episode, everybody's having fun in the snow, in fact, the snow is so much that Brain runs up and says that they have a snow day, and that's the best part about a blizzard is the snow day, and Arthur and Buster do the yee after hearing about a snow day, and it's funny, We've had the same Buster actor since the first season, and he can hit that E pretty well. The kid they have playing Arthur, um, pretty low in the register. He can't quite get that high E up there.
1: Oh, interesting. Maybe he was almost about to have his voice change or something.
0: Could be. I think we're. I don't think. I think uh, we might be replacing him next season, if I remember correctly. But I. But I'm not sure. We'll have to. We'll have to wait and see.
1: I thought that was really cute, though, that D.W. was just standing there allowing Bud to hit her with snowballs multiple times.
0: Very giving. And, of course, she remembers the the, the pain all too well of what Bud's going through. So it makes sense that she would want to be merciful. Okay, so this is the part of the podcast where we give our thoughts in general about the episodes that we just watched. So, Anna, we're going to rewind it back to Speak Up Francine. What did you think of it?
1: I liked the second half of it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the way they got there was weird um, because if you don't know anything about the episode, the structure is really strange. Like if you just come into it blind, you definitely think it's going to be about like the environment or global warming or something like that. But it's about public speaking, um, and they don't really ever come back to that either. Like they never say like did. They fixed the creek, or the fish still dead? Like, I, I don't know. Um, but it wasn't really about that. Um, but once they get to the public speaking part, I thought that was great. Like, I think it is good for kids to learn at least the basics of how to do public speaking mm. um, because they're going to have to do it their whole lives. And um, all of LaDonna's advice is accurate. Like I said, I use um, all of it for my own. Purposes, doing stand-up comedy and um, just other things in my life. I I really liked Muffy in this episode too. I thought she was pretty funny.
0: Yeah, Muffy is slowly becoming like a good quote machine for the for the episodes that she's in, which is great. I, I'm I'm happy that she has that role now. I liked this. I but but I agree with you that it was a little bit odd how we got there, and we never went back to address the whole fish problem, which seems to me like. Kind of a big deal for Elwood City. Yeah, it's
1: kind of a serious problem. <laughs> I yeah. was I was kind of like, well, Francine, this is great and all, but I think you should be like writing your congressman or something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? It's a little a little bit alarming. But yeah, no, I, I think this is a good one to uh to teach kids. It has some actually really good practical tips for how to practice for a world presentation or giving a speech or just speaking in front of people, which is an enormous fear for people of any age. And I did appreciate that Francine gets to the end of it, she does it, and it's not like all of a sudden, oh, I love speaking now, which can happen. But she, stay- she very much stays true to the feeling of, I I don't really want to do this anymore. I'm glad I did it, but it's not really for me. I, I-, I did appreciate that. And uh, again, it feels like a while. It feels like a while since we've gotten like a real Francine focus episode. So yeah, I liked, I liked this one uh, well enough. And I would be interested to hear the podcast version of this. They're usually pretty short too. So maybe I'll check that out soon. Waiting for snow is funny, especially for you and I who come from snow climates of, I don't know if I ever knew anybody in real life that was like, or maybe maybe I just don't remember knowing anybody. Maybe I knew somebody in school who like, it was their first snow when they moved to uh, my part of Canada or something. So it was interesting to put myself back in that person's shoes. Um, Lucas and I have not been super up on LaDonna and Bud there's actually been this is I want to say their third focus episode of this season like they're getting a lot of time which they are fairly new so it makes sense but they're still not in the place where we're like super happy to see them yet now anything can happen we're we we're in the part of the series where like we're happy to see Muffy of all people, who started out very low on the totem pole, but now I think Muffy's being used quite well. So it all just kind of moves towards hopefully getting them to a better spot in terms of how we regard them. I thought this was like I thought this was all right. It was a bit of fun. Uh, it had some uh, truly unforgettable uh, de- derogatory uh, I- uh, visuals in terms of the sh- pocket shrimp, but it's <laughs> certainly memorable. I'll give it that. And it was funny to just follow along their train of thought, and I think it speaks well to Arthur and Buster as characters, where they just wanted to—they did this all so that they could make make Ladonna feel more welcome and help her to be more excited about what was happening. So, yeah, I think it makes them look pretty good too. Uh, yeah, I would just—I would—you know—I'm kind of in the middle of this, and generally, like, I just think—I just think it was kind of kind of nice. Uh, all things considered, what about you?
1: I liked this one a bit less. Um, Ladonna, I I haven't seen her too much, so I don't have like a big opinion about her. But um, her screaming was definitely getting on my nerves a bit. <laughs> um, yeah. But at least it wasn't like a lot. But um, yeah, coming from the East Coast, it's kind of like, well, yeah, you'll enjoy this once Ladonna, but just (laughs) wait until you get older and you have to drive a car in the snow and then we'll see if you really like it or not um but yeah as for the episode itself it's it's cute to me that arthur and buster want to go so far out of their way to help her see snow um i have definitely had people in my life who haven't seen snow and it is kind of like a big shock for them actually like i was in college and we had somebody visiting from one of the african nations i don't remember which one but they didn't get a lot of snow there and um it we had a big snow and it never occurred to me that people who have never seen snow don't necessarily realize that it's cold um Mm. so he like ran out there without his shoes on and and he was like ah we were like why didn't you put your shoes on um because he didn't realize it was gonna be that cold, so. But um, I'm glad that it did snow at the end, and she got her. And I, I, uh, I'll have to go back and see more episodes of Bud to really form an opinion on him. But for this episode, I think he's cute.
0: Right on. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to get some. Positive thoughts here on uh, the on those new characters, so that's all good. And Anna, I'm really glad that we could be your inroads. The podcast could be your inroads into watching one of the newer episodes of Arthur in the newer style. So thank you so much for joining me here today. It was really nice to be able to catch up with you again. And at this point, I'd love for you to share where you are, either online or what kind of projects you're working on. Anything you want to share to direct people towards.
1: It was so great coming back on the show, too. I love Arthur so much. I'm really sad that it's over, honestly, but, you know, things must move on. Um, But let's see. Um, Well, if you are in the Los Angeles area, you can come see me do stand-up. Any shows that I'm going to do will be posted on my Instagram. You can follow that at Anna Wells, which is A-N-N-A-W-E-L-L-E-S. And um, I post clips of my stand-up there as well sometimes if you can't make it to California. Um, Definitely keep eyes on the WGA strike. We can always, well, not me because I'm not in the WGA, but but the writers in the WGA could always use support, especially since they're not working now and a lot of them have kids and um, stuff like that. And then um, next month, hopefully, uh, I will be launching a new YouTube channel about Looney Tunes, and you can find that under the YouTube channel Acme University.
0: Well, yes, and this is something that you told me about as we were getting ready for this appearance. I'm really interested in what that's going to look like, and uh, yeah, happy to uh, boost that once it's all ready to go. So, Acme University on YouTube, get ready for that. Watch that space, and thank you for letting me know about your stand-up as well. I've actually, I just, I just realized as you were speaking, i was like, I don't think I follow you on Instagram, and I, I, uh, one of my recent, I guess, sh- I, I've presented it as a shame on here is that I'm a big big into Instagram reels because I'm a white person in his thirties. So I go down there a lot and I love the stand-up comedy clips. So I'm probably going to check yours out now that I follow you.
1: Uh, I have yet to figure out Instagram reels. I need to figure this out. (laughs)
0: That's okay. It's Hey, you know, I'm still trying to figure out stuff like, uh, like like Twitch. I still don't really know how Twitch works. That's Lucas's domain. He's young enough that he knows what's going on there, but you know, anything even before Twitch is, uh, my brain is slowly calcifying, and I'm just like, I can't take in much more new technology and information. I'm struggling I as it is. used to be
1: with it, and then it was changed. It'll happen to you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that's the warning we'll go out on. It'll happen to you. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of Elwich City Limits. My name's Will Young, and for Anna Sager Pocket shrimp. <laughs> we'll see you next time.